Welcome to Tax Breaks, the Moody's Tax Podcast, where you find informed discussion, lively debate, and sometimes a little lighthearted fun around tax issues in Canada, the United States, and around the world. Good day. My name is Kim Moody. I'm here with my colleague, Kenneth Kyle. Hello, everyone. Hey, Kenneth. It's been a while since we've done a podcast, and I uh, thought it would be high time to, to give our 2023 federal budget predictions since uh, today as we're recording this it is March the 13th 2023 and late last week we had the announcement from the federal government that they're going to uh, release the federal budget uh, for 2023-24 on March the 28th at 4 p.m. Eastern time so no better time to do some predictions and get this podcast out to to our uh, to our fans, mm-hmm. maybe we don't have any fans, but to friends, friends, friends. <laughs> yeah. So let's get going right away, Kenneth. Um, you know the easy ones right off the bat: tax rates. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see some personal tax rate uh, increases or decreases? What's your prediction? I think we'll just go back and forth, you yeah. and I, in terms of sure. our predictions. So I think personal rates, uh, probably not uh, at this time, but. Um, what do you think, Kim, on I, personal rates? I don't think so. I don't, uh, I don't think we're going to see that. Although, as you and I were chatting offline, getting ready for this, I mean, we saw Newfoundland, you know, the good old province of Newfoundland. That's one of the provinces I've never been to, Kenneth. I really want to go there, actually. Oh, I, I, Have I you had, been there? I, I had in spring. It was a very bad time to visit. It was too cold. So <laughs> go in summer I, if you're going to go. I heard it's beautiful. beautiful. I heard it's beautiful. Yeah. But they introduced this you know, super tax, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, for income uh, of Newfoundlanders over a million dollars, taxable income over a million dollars. Do do we envision that uh, federally, p- potentially? Because right now, yeah. roughly uh, 200 and I can't remember, it's indexed, it's 220-ish thousand now, something like that, yeah. is the highest tax rate. Uh, I, I can't I can envision that because it it sounds good. Uh, it, it won't bring in much revenue, but it... It, it, it does sound good to the um, to people, right? So to the 99% out there. My guess on that is probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's too much brain damage. But on the other hand, I do agree with you that, you know, for the existing government, it certainly would play well to their voter base. You know, tax the rich, tax the rich. Yeah, so, so who, who will be subject to that? Mostly uh, exec- big bank executive who can't manipulate the, well, who can't, manage their income right yeah whereas entrepreneurs and others might be in a better position to to manage their their income but outside of that kenneth i just don't see any explicit overt personal tax rate increases agree yeah yeah i agree what about corporate tax rate increases see anything going on there yeah it i think it's a low-hanging fruit to maybe increase the corporate tax rate a little bit maybe one percent yeah my guess kenneth no um I just don't think Canada, when you look at the OECD members, um, Canada's rate right now is still, corporate rate is still fairly high. And as you and I both know, corporate tax is just a prepayment of tax. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the well, policy... But, but if you compare it to the U.S., U.S. federal rate for corporations... 20, 20, 21, 21, sorry. Yeah. And plus state. So we do have some room there. Maybe, but do we need it? Like, would it hurt economically um, when you look at the OECD member countries and Canada's middle to high end of the pack? I, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I think it's bad policy, but 
you're saying maybe i'm saying yeah. i'm saying no yeah bad policy has not stopped any government <laughs> from doing it's <laughs> a good point get us tax, tax changes <laughs> that's a good point all right well let's move on to number two then um capital gains inclusion rates i mean that's been the the fodder of many advisors over the years in terms of ringing the alarm bell uh, that the capital gains inclusion rate in Canada will go from 50%, which it has been for now over 20 years, uh, since October of 2000, uh, 23 years, as a matter of fact, uh, almost. Um, and there's been no shortage of prognosticators that have rang that alarm bell saying that it's going to go up. We haven't done that as a firm until about the last mm, two years or so during COVID and mm-hmm. um you know, we've been wrong because we did predict with a greater than 50% prediction rate that the capital gains inclusion rate would go up from 50% to say 75%. As each budget since that time, year 2020, 21, 22, and the fall economic statements annually as well have not increased the capital gains inclusion rate, I'm going to go on record saying we're not going to see it. Yeah, I agree. You agree? Yeah, no it, debate. It, it, no debate. If they do something like that, it will be at the beginning of their, of their term after, after close to an election. So now it's too late. Yeah, I, I they tend, won't do it. I tend now. to agree. Now, having said that, would a capital gains inclusion rate fix some other issues? You know, would it fix the perceived abuse with surplus stripping? Probably. It would, but then they could do. They could use a much more targeted approach, along yeah. with the I guess what we're going to talk about next with the Bill C two A amendment. Yeah, let's go to that. So mm-hmm. I think, so capital gains inclusion rate, our guesses are none. Uh, Not on a broad base. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Bill C-208. We've done podcasts on this before, Kenneth. So any of our listeners that need a reminder on what Bill C-208 is, please have a, a review of that. It's a very interesting history in Sega and and uh, But overly simplified, Kenneth, as you know, it's a bill that got passed into law a couple years ago. Uh, not quite two no. years ago, about 18 months ago, I yeah. guess, mm-hmm. um, that supposedly enables um, intergenerational transfers uh, to occur of private businesses. And certainly it does do that, Kenneth. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of holes in that, uh, in that legislation, which the government is committed now um, to, to fix. So do we think we're going to see some proposed fixes in the 2023 budget? Yeah, I think so. It's, they have been promising fixes for a while now, and they get, it kept getting delayed. I think it, they, they definitely should be coming out now with this federal budget. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And, you know, there's been lots, lots of uh, movement behind the scenes by the Department of Finance, by the Minister of Finance, like that, the uh, Ministry of Finance. So I tend to think we're going to see it in this budget. I know the, I know, uh, the departments have been working hard to try and come up with some uh, solutions to some very difficult issues. This is not something easy for the government to craft. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they come up yeah. with. What, what is a true succession to your next generation, right? Exactly. And how do you differentiate that from an artificial one? Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> if I was the person drafting you know, that legislation, um, there's a good mixture of policy and technical and it's not an easy balance to find there so no they, they, uh, n- nobody will be happy with the solution that's guaranteed i think you're probably right uh, unless people who who fall perfectly into the 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 square hole they they whatever square hole they create 
Now, for tax geeks, just to digress before we go on to the next prediction, um, do you think that they'll use this as an opportunity to fix so-called surplus stripping or really put a bull in it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think uh, my prediction is yes. I think the I think I would have to agree that there's going to be an attempt to uh, to limit surplus stripping. So we'll see what comes out there. But that, to me, Kenneth, will be the highlight um, mm-hmm. of the budget. Is if that's there, we'll be digging into it in a big way. So yeah. let's go on to prediction number four: um, alternative minimum tax or a minimum tax. The government has raised the alarm bell that they think the wealthy needs to pay more. And they used, in the last budget, some really shoddy comparisons of that the wealthy is not paying what they think is, you know, a minimum 15%. Um, you know, it, it still embarrasses me that they used some of those comparisons. But um, but it in the tax community, we've really struggled in terms of what are they thinking here? What are they, what are they proposing? Uh, do they want to introduce a completely overhauled alternative minimum tax, which we've had that regime in Canada since 1986 or seven, one of those two years? Um, or are they going to tinker with the existing AMT? Or what, what do you think is going on here, Kenneth? Mm. I bet it's going to be a tinker of the existing AMT. Maybe raise the AMT rate a little bit and maybe add a few more things that are preferential item. Maybe they will include, say, capital dividend or... Um, interest, too much interest expense, yeah, deducted personally, or maybe even insurance deducted personally where, where, uh, where it's possible to deduct. Uh, maybe even donations, right? Um, so cut back these kind of potential personal deductions to, to, to make sure people pay more personal tax. Yeah, I, I tend to think... I, I, <laughs> This is a tough one because I really don't understand why they're proposing this other than politics. Uh, but if I had to guess, I would guess that they're going to tinker with the existing EMT, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, to overhaul it completely, I think, is pretty ambitious. Uh, but having said that, I guess... Yeah, there, there are some pretty aggressive, especially like insurance planning out there, where p- people were able to generate large personal deductions with the right insurance leverage plan. So maybe, maybe that's... Yeah, on, t- on the table. To yeah, I guess we'll see, right? Attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our guess is a tinker with the AMT uh, as opposed to an overhaul. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's move on to number five, uh, employee ownership trusts. This has been around in, I think to my recollection, the last couple budgets, there's been comments about it saying that the government likes the idea of employee ownership trusts to, ha- to encourage employee ownership of companies. Uh, but we've seen no details. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this is the budget that we'll see some details? Uh, if they do, I bet it will be a consult. They may suggest a consultation uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, there's there's just been too little on this so far, and there's too many, probably probably too many difficult tax and policy decisions to make here. Yeah, I tend to agree, Kenneth. I think I like the idea in concept. Obviously, the devil's in the details with employee ownership trust. What does exactly mean? And yes, there's countries like the UK that appear to have similar concepts, but not easily transferable to Canada. In it, um, so I tend to think this one will be, you know, the can punted again. Uh, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised to see details. I know that the Department of Finance bureaucrats have been swamped with stuff over the last three years. So. My guess is that this one got pushed down the priority chain, but I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. 
All right, next, number six. Will we see any changes to the principal residence exemption, Kenneth? We no, no, no. They won't even, they won't even touch that. That's, yeah. that's too, too politically charged. I tend to agree. I mean, we saw them tinker with, um, it's not even tinker, just introduced a lot of real estate stuff with the underutilized housing tax, which has a whole bunch of problems. Um, the the uh, anti-flipping tax, which has got a whole bunch of problems. You and I did a, um, you know, we've commented on that before in some of the podcasts. I think you're writing a short article on that as well that's going to be released for the Canadian Tax Foundation, correct? Yeah, yeah, so, flipping house, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, so, some unexpected traps there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I tend to agree, Kenneth. I don't see any changes with principal residents. And they will be counter to their policy objective of making housing more available because if they... If they tax principal residents exempt principal residents more heavily, it will prevent it will deter people from selling, thus reducing house and well residential property turnover. That is that likely does not help housing shortage. Yeah, is my guess. I I tend to agree. All right, number seven. Will we see our favorite Kenneth? New personal tax credits. Will we see any crazy new personal tax credits introduced in this budget? Uh, always. Yes, I, I definitely <laughs> expect expect some boutique personal tax credit that doesn't do anything, but it sounds good. Uh, you know, I, governments over the last 20 years, whether you're liberal or conservative, just can't help themselves, mm-hmm. right? They, you know, despite despite our current government having uh, eliminated a lot of personal tax credits, they're now back on that bandwagon mm-hmm. uh, in introducing personal tax credits for any God-given uh, thing that, that seems to be out there. So I tend to agree. I think we're going to see some. Any guesses on what we might see, Kenneth? A tax credit for a tax professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so in other words, you get a credit if you get your tax, uh, get some tax advice from you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. What about, you know, uh, some sort of personal tax credit if you're in the healthcare profession, for example? Mm. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a good, that would that would sound good, and uh, actually would make would help out a little bit. Uh, so if you're in a healthcare profession, and say earning under a certain threshold, you get a special non-refundable tax credit against your unemployment income. Yeah, I could I could see some sort of, you know, some sort of thing like that. Although I I think from a policy perspective I don't like that in the least bit, but it certainly uh, is easy to understand that you know Canada needs healthcare. We need improvements in our healthcare system, so I'm sure that would be an easy one to sell to uh, to Canadians and to voters. Mm-hmm. And so I. I'm sure the government won't be able to help themselves with personal yeah. tax credits. But so. as you know, like personal credit, unless it's a really large credit, it usually doesn't really make a impact because no. it's just 15% of the advertised amount. I know, and that's Always. one of the reasons why I hate personal tax mm-hmm. credits is a lot of clutter with not a lot of bang for the buck. Right? Yeah. So, All right, well, let's go to some, uh, some other high-level ones here. Um, will we see, I mentioned uh, the underutilized housing tax uh, stuff and uh, we've commented on that a fair amount and it's full of problems and we've got filings due by the end of April so just over a month and a half here mm-hmm. uh, will we s- and there's a bunch of technical problems do you think we'll see any cleanup technical stuff released in uh, in this budget for UHT uh, I 
Probably not in this budget. If, if there are a bunch of things that needs to be fixed in the new HT legislation, and if they are going to fix it, I don't think they need to wait for the budget. That is just technical amendments, and I do hope they fix it. And if they do, because filing is April 30th, they, they should come up, come up with those soon. Uh, but my, my guess is likely they won't, just because, again, you said, it's just that their so, finance is so swamped. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree, Kenneth. Mm-hmm. I, I think if they want to release technical amendments, I guess they, this is an easy enough time to do it, but um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what, what happens with yeah, this because stuff. Because if they, if they announce that March 28th and people take takes a week or two for people to solve it, that means, and, and then these returns are due April 30th. Yeah. You know, it's, if they're going to make changes, please, please make them sooner than yeah, March 28th. I agree. Uh, I'm not holding my breath, though, Kenneth. Yeah, I don't no, know. I'm not so, either. You know, every single budget under this current administration, we've seen uh, stuff like green energy credits of some sort of, you know, in fashion. Do we think that we're going to see some sort of continuation of of those policies and objectives? Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I can too. So I don't, you know, whether it takes the form of accelerated CCA or you know, accelerated write-offs of capital assets or, you know, reduced tax rates on something like they've introduced before, like reduced corporate rates uh, for some sort of clean energy stuff. But I don't know about you, but I tend to get really bored with that stuff. So I I tend to uh, ignore it, uh, maybe to my detriment, but in any event, I do. Let's move on to, uh, we're coming close to the end of our predictions here, Kenneth. We've got three more. Will we see any windfall taxes? The last budget we had windfall taxes on banks. You know, horrible, horrible policy. Um, you know, we've seen European governments uh, introduce windfall taxes on oil and gas, and there's been some scuttlebutt that the, that the Canadian government might follow suit. Um, what's our prediction on that? Will we uh, see any more windfall taxes? Yes, I think uh, they would likely do that on the oil and gas industry. Uh, as everyone knows, oil and gas industry has had, had a windfall profit uh, in the last year or two, uh, which, which, which is only fair <laughs> that, uh, given the, the six, five, six years of slump we, we have had in the Alberta economy. But that's definitely ripe for a windfall tax. For, uh, uh, sounds good. Again, it's, it's consistent with the green approach the federal, the liberal federal has, has taken. And, um, um, li- likely not much pushback from the voter base on this. Yeah, I I tend to take a bit of an opposite view. Uh, I think the appetite for windfall taxes is slowly diminishing uh, around the world. Uh, yes, we've seen uh, oil and gas companies uh, had high profits in the last couple of years, but you're absolutely right. I mean, in Canada, um, and in particular Alberta, where we're from, you know, there's been since 2014, you know, significant slumps, uh, uh, and it's not slumps, uh, a, it's it's singular slump. And yes, uh, we're seeing upticks now, but uh, I don't think we're going to see an oil and gas windfall tax. Um, will we see a windfall tax on um, tech companies, which during COVID, for example? accelerated like crazy. Uh, some of these tech companies were making extraordinary profits, and I know that there is a push 
to implement a windfall tax on them. Will we see something like that for tech companies as well? Mm, perhaps. I'm, I'm thinking no. Yeah, I'm thinking no as it's well. It's not the easy, in terms of political pushback, it's much easier to attack the oil and gas companies than, yeah. than, than people saying, oh, you are discouraging tech company from expanding in Canada, say. Yeah, right. my my guess. I mean, windfall taxes. We could do a whole podcast on this for an hour, but the policy is so so horrible. Mm-hmm. But you know, Canada has seen windfall taxes in its history, and the first one I, was in 1917, prior to the introduction of the income tax, and it was on grocery companies. Um, so, for any student of taxation, you know, windfall taxes are not a new concept. Like most things in life. Um, in the world, there's not a lot of new ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's new technology, but not a lot of new ideas. In this case, I just don't think that we're going to see it. As my guess, Kenneth. Yeah, and I guess mo- uh, and most economists, which I think, agrees that they are not great tax policy. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, second last one. Are we going to see a wealth tax? Are we going to see? Uh, no, too much brain damage. Yeah. Not at this time. I tend to agree. I know during COVID, there was lots of, you know, test balloons uh, released on that by various think tanks, and I suspect the Prime Minister's office as well. But I just don't see it. And in, uh, in fact, like they're, if they tinker with their AMT, they can say that they have implemented a wealth tax. Yeah, depending on where they go with that, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you're on a policy perspective, yeah, maybe. Last but not least on our list here, Kenneth, you know, there has been consultation papers and discussions about amending the general anti-avoidance rule, the GAR. Are, is this the budget that we're going to see some draft legislation on GAR amendments? It's possible, yeah. They, the consultation period for that has been over for some time. And I, I think, yeah, maybe some GAR amendments in, it, uh, in this budget. Hopefully, if they do propose amendment to the GAR, there will be another round of consultation regarding their proposed amendments um, and uh, so that the community can, can comment on them before they are enacted. Right. I, I know that there's been lots of discussion in the tax community about you know, the pros and cons of, uh, of, re, of, of amending it. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, but it wouldn't surprise me to see something there. So yeah. Another thing that, that they promised previously and we're still waiting for uh, the government's confirmation of their proposal is things like mandatory disclosure rules. So do you think we might see an update in the budget about that? I think we might see an update in the budget about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't surprise me to see that as well, Kenneth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the substantive CCPC rules too, they, that, that, was, that, was ne- that hasn't been enacted yet. I wonder that, that, that hasn't been, even been put in the bill, I think. I think you're right, uh, but I'm not sure that we'll see that in this budget, or maybe just an overall update in terms of what the status is, maybe on on substantive CCPCs. But yeah, because the effective date was April for tax years ending April, 2022, so it's not a great thing that a year has passed and uh, after the effective date and there's still no legislation. Yeah, we've we've seen that in recent past where. Things are proposed and then it takes forever to uh, get legislation proposed, mainly because I think it's so tough to implement a lot of this stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
got to make sure the government has to make sure that they've caught everything and there's not any so-called unintended consequences. But all right, anything else before we wrap this baby up, Kenneth? Or uh, no, That's no for me. No shortage of fun on budget days. So uh, take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Kenneth Gung and Kim Moody's uh, prognos- prognostications on the 2023 federal budget. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.